Hey, broken salespeople, welcome to the workshop. My name is Red Staffstrom, and we are here to help you fix your broken sales skills. Now, today I want to talk about introversion, extroversion, and which is better at sales. Bear with me on this one. Um, some of you guys don't think it's close. I'm going to challenge that and maybe surprise you. Uh, we'll get into that in a moment. Um, but before I do, I want to say a special thank you to Nate Marquez. Um, he hosts the You Are Needed podcast. He actually sent me and my wife these t-shirts. Um, super comfortable. That's one thing. But I want to give it a shout out for those of you guys who have asked me for more of a deep look into my own psyche. Um, people who have wanted to know more about me. Uh, and how I came to create the broken salespeople concept, the idea behind it, the reason why I'm doing everything I do. I get into it a lot with Nate. Um, we went very in-depth. We talked very uh, much, like quite a bit about the emotions behind what led me here and the emotions of sales in general. Um, it was a very deep conversation. It's episode eight, the You Are Needed podcast. I highly recommend you give him a look. All of his episodes are great. Um, I'm partial to the one I'm on, obviously. I'm a little self-centered that way. Sales guy, remember? Um, but I highly recommend it. Make sure you give a shout out to him. Take a look at his podcast. He does an excellent job. Really deep, hard-hitting interviews. And it's all about mental health. Um, it's something that I think all of us need a little more focus on, um, regardless of what we do. We need to focus on our own mental health, because if we don't have that, we're not going to be successful, period. That is part of success is mental health. So give that a look. Uh, you Are Needed podcast by Nathan Marquez. Excellent time. I really appreciated him having me on, and I recommend you guys give him a look. So today I want to talk about introversion and extroversion. Um, so in order to move forward with that conversation, we have to have a definition. We have to know what we're talking about. We have to have those ground terms so that we can use the same language. So what is an introvert? Well, it's classically defined by Carl Jung, yada, 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 yada. Let's not go too technical. Um, the simplest and best explanation that I could go into is introverts need to be alone to recharge their battery and extroverts need to be in a social setting. Um, the best way to define this is think about if you had a really long week at work, you're exhausted, you're tired, what do you want to do to recharge? Do you wanna go sit home and stare into the abyss or do you wanna go out to a bar and hang out with a bunch of friends? That's usually the best indicator. The more exhausted you are, other than sleep, what makes what do you want to do? How are you going to feel the most invigorated? Is it around people or is it being in a quiet room and reading a book or watching a movie or whatever else? That is the simplest and easiest to understand way to explain introversion and extroversion. That doesn't mean that they're Introverts are automatically shy. It does not mean that extroverts are automatically gregarious. You could be either one. It's a matter of how you recharge the battery. That's the simplest explanation I've ever come up with. Um, and I've done a lot of reading on the subject. Um, just as a side note, a lot of the information I'm going to go into in this episode, it comes from Susan Cain and her book, Quiet. If you are an introvert and you haven't read that yet, go, like now go now. Um, it's, 
cliche to say a book changed your life, but there were a lot of things that were different after I read that book. It helped me understand my relationships with virtually everybody I know because I was able to fit where they were and how they wanted to be and how they saw the world in comparison to me. Most of my friends are high extroverts. I'm a high introvert. It's a little bit different. So if you listened to my episode on the DISC, DISC personality profile, dominant, influence, steady, conscientious, the dominant and the influence, um, Raphael and uh, Michelangelo, those tend to be extroverts. The conscientious and the steady, Donatello, Leonardo, tend to be introverts. Lots of quiet time for study. That makes a lot of sense with Donatello and Leonardo. Lots of going out, partying, acting up, um, being more in fights. That's extroverts. Um, in fact, extroverts tend to be more often involved in things like fights, extramarital affairs. They also just tend to talk to more people. Um, there's a big difference between them. It doesn't mean that every introvert is shy and quiet. I'm an introvert. I know how to talk to people and I talk to people all day. I think this is our nine or 10 of me being on Zoom calls and talking today as an introvert. The difference is the, the kind of conversations introverts like having versus the kind of conversations that extroverts like having. There's a big difference between the two. Introverts tend to enjoy very deep conversations. Extroverts are normally better with small talk. If you ask an introvert about the weather, they're probably going to be a little annoyed. I know I am. I don't like to talk about surface level things. I don't care about the weather. I don't care about politics to a certain extent. Um, I like the big theory politics, not the people politics, if you understand the difference. I'm happy to discuss socialism versus capitalism, but I'm not as excited to talk about Trump versus Biden. That's the difference. It's the shallowness versus the big ideas. Introverts like the big ideas. Extroverts are happy with talking about people, keeping things somewhat surface level. I'm not saying they're shallow. I'm saying they're wide. They cover more surface area than introverts do. The difference is think of it like a puddle versus a well. Introverts are very narrow, but very deep. Extroverts are very wide, but very, lack of a better term, shallow. The volume of water, the amount of social interaction both introverts and extroverts need is the same. They both need the same volume of social conversations. The difference is that introverts are happier getting them from one or two people, that they're happier getting it from a much tighter circle, whereas extroverts are happier getting it from a wider group of people. Extroverts do very well in these big groups. So why is this? Let's get into the science of it. Um, there's a lot to say about introverts versus extroverts. It's been exhaustively researched over the last ooh, 100 years-ish. Um, ever since Carl Jung came up with the idea of the two, there's been a lot of researchers that have come into it. Now, the big question that was floated back and forth for a lot of years is nature versus nurture. 
are introverts the way they are, because that's naturally who they are from a DNA standpoint, or are introverts made um, in households where they're being forced to be quiet? Likely it's a combination of both, obviously. But the more we do research, the more we do things like fMRI machine scans and studies, the more we find that introverts tend to be wired different than extroverts are. And it could start as early as four months. Yes, you can start detecting whether someone is introverted versus extroverted as early as four months old. Now, this is particularly interesting to me because I have a four-month-old. She just turned four months old on the ninth of this month. So this is something I've been keeping an eye on. Uh, In Susan Cain's book, she talks about and interviews Jerome Kagan. Now, Jerome Kagan is not a household name, but he probably could be. Um, He definitely is in the developmental psychiatry, developmental neuroscience field of the world. So he did a study, it started in 1989, and it was a long-term study. So he started studying kids when they were two months old, or four months old, and going until they're 11 years old. So for over 10 years, he kept track of these kids and studied their behaviors. And his prediction was pretty simple, that you can predict whether a child is going to be an introvert or an extrovert based on how they react as early as four months old. So how did he do this and what was the theory? So I'll tell you the study first and then I'll tell you the way the theory works. So he took a bunch of four month olds and he introduced them to new stimuli, uh, new ideas, new concepts, new noises, things, new smells, all of that. Um, it would be like a feather for t- with, that he tickled the baby with, um, a cotton swab soaked with alcohol that he would have the baby smell, a uh, loud noise, stimuli like that. And he studied which children were highly reactive or not highly reactive. So his theory was almost counterintuitive. So the four months old, the four month olds would typically react in one direction or the other. Typically the high reactive, the ones who started crying, started shaking around, spasming almost, um, they smelled things and they'd arch their back and kick their legs out and start screaming and crying. Those children were labeled as high reactives. Um, Now, this is where it almost gets to be counterintuitive and shows Kagan's genius in a way. You would think, based on the typical definition of introverts versus extroverts, that the highly reactive kids, the vocal kids, were the extroverts. That wasn't what happened. See, the highly reactive kids were actually the introverts. And they started doing fMRI studies later on to diagnose and figure out why. Um, But Kagan was spot on. And the reason is pretty simple. Introverts can deal with less stimuli comfortably than extroverts can. In fact, if you're married, start paying attention. One of you is probably more introverted than the other if you're married. The extroverted one probably listens to the TV louder. That's what happens with me and my wife. I'm the introvert. She's the extrovert. She listens to the TV probably five or six clicks over where I'm comfortable listening to it. 
In fact, she comes into the room and actually wonders why I'm listening to the TV so low. And the reason is because my comfort level of stimulus is a lot lower than hers is. Goes even further, and I'm going to continue to use me and my wife, our decorative styles are drastically different. I like a cave. I know, shocker for those of you guys who can see me, I'm a big bearded man. I look like a caveman. The fact that I like decorating my house in dark colors and big heavy furniture should surprise none of you. But she likes light and airy. Now, you could chalk this up to the difference between men and women probably pretty easily, but it's literally that the light stimulus for me is too much. I like to have the lights off. She has likes to have the lights on. You can make those jokes if you want to. I'm pretty close to it myself. But all of these things, I like that dark. I like to have the minimum necessary stimulus because that makes me more comfortable. Think about it as how much of a water faucet you have, how much water pressure you're comfortable with. She's more comfortable with high amounts of water pressure than I am. I am a dripping faucet. She's a garden hose. We both have that same, like we could deal with stimulus the same amount, but we need to have them at different levels. The best way to explain stimulus uh, in introversion versus extroversion is to understand comfort zones that people happen to be in. So imagine this scenario. You're sitting at home alone and you're reading a book and you start to feel bored. You feel understimulated. So you decide, you know what, let's let me call my friend and let's go out to coffee. So you call your friend, you go out to coffee and you're comfortable now. But your friend, who's a higher extrovert than you, feels understimulated, and she starts to feel bored by the exact same conversation that you feel invigorated by. So what you do next is she suggests, hey, I heard about this party. Let's go uptown. And you being a good friend, you go with her. But now you're overstimulated. And you wind up Irish goodbying out of that party. I, I used to Irish goodbye out of so many parties, I thought they named it after me. Um, that was kind of my go-to move is just disappearing in the middle of the night because I could only handle so much stimulus. Um, between the drinking and loud music and everything else, I only had so many hours on my battery before I needed to recharge. And the way I would recharge is I'd go for a walk in the middle of the night. I didn't care if it was two in the morning. I'd go for a walk. I just tune out. I'd get away from people when I needed to because I couldn't stay at that level. I was out of battery. So now you have now you understand kind of the difference between introverts and between extroverts. Extroverts need to be more stimulated. They need to talk to more people at once. Ex or extroverts need to talk to more people at once. Introverts like having those long, deep conversations where it's talking about something more substantive than who won the game last night. So now take your guess. Knowing my philosophies, knowing what I think, who do you think I think is better at sales? Is it the extrovert or the introvert? The extrovert who can talk to a whole bunch of people or the introvert who can have those deep, deep conversations, talk about problems, talk about emotional needs. 
Well, you're wrong. The answer is both of them. <laughs> They're just better at different parts of sales. I know it's a cop-out. I'm sorry. I have no choice in the matter. The science doesn't lie. Both of them can be good at different parts of sales. A big part of sales is prospecting. Quite frankly, I suck at that as an introvert. I'm not great at cold conversations. I'm not great at starting a conversation from nothing and hoping that it turns into something meaningful. If it doesn't turn into something meaningful, I wind up getting annoyed and it drains my battery too quickly. I want to be put in the position where I can have these very deep conversations, but there's only so much energy that I have to seek them out. Extroverts, on the other hand, have that infinite energy because they're constantly being recharged by those short conversations, those prospecting calls. Um, think about it like an electric car. And some of you guys may not know this because you may not be as familiar with the mechanics of an electric car. When you brake in an electric car, it actually partially recharges the battery. Now, it doesn't recharge everything that you lost. But what happens is when you hit the brake, it'll spin some magnets and it will recharge the battery because it's kind of like an alternator. It'll give the battery back a little bit of recharge. That's how a lot of the Nissan Leafs, the Chevy Volts, the Teslas, all of those have devices where when you stop and slow down, it'll spin those motors and will partially recharge the battery for you. It's how they get the range that they do now. That's kind of what happens with extroverts is as they're calling and even when they're getting no's, they get a little bit of a recharge. That doesn't happen with introverts. We don't have that same equation where we get told no, we get shut down from that deep conversation that we want and we recharge. No, that depletes us even further. Um, we don't have that. We're more like the old fashioned cars where, yeah, slamming on the brakes hurts us because now we have to get the car back up to 60. Uh, that's the big difference. So extroverts are very good at prospecting and they can be better at in, than introverts. They can be better than the shy ones purely based on numbers. Um, they can talk to more people than we can without needing a recharge. That doesn't make them better or worse. It just means they can get the same amount of sales as we can. What introverts have over extroverts is we can get deep and have those conversations. Introverts don't need scripts the way extroverts typically do because introverts are naturally want to dive deep into the problem. They naturally want to learn everything about the person across from them. They want to have those deep, meaningful conversations. They want to hear about their problems and they want to solve them. I'm among those people. And if you've listened to my interviews, you may see that. You may see how I don't need a script when I'm talking to somebody because I'm authentically interested in what they're telling me. That's an introvert skill, not an extrovert skill. The reason I'm able to do that is because I spend as much time alone as I do. I've been able to spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours alone in the truck, reading, listening, rethinking, rebuilding, taking things apart, putting them back together in my own mind, evaluating everything I hear. I don't take things at the surface level. That's an introvert skill. Extroverts have a set of skills that I don't. 
And it's something that I've always been envious of because I have to turn off after a while. I have to stop listening. I have to walk away an Irish goodbye out of the party. Extroverts don't. Extroverts can sustain themselves at that party almost indefinitely. I'm the one saying goodbye at nine o'clock. It's a different format. It's a different kind of person. And it has to do with how much stimulus we're all comfortable with. I'm not comfortable with loud, rambunctious parties. Techno music, for instance, that is a whole genre focused towards extroverts. The high level of stimulus, the heavy beat, the drums, the all of it, it, it kind of gives me anxiety. It, like even thinking about it now, my shoulders are tensing up. Extroverts don't like that. Extroverts more like the blues, jazz versus techno, heavy metal. You can see the difference. Doesn't make one wrong. Doesn't make one right. It's just a matter of preference in terms of comfort. And it's wired into us. You can... This is literally how sensitive we are to stimulus. What we need from our cerebellum, how much of a threat assessment we pick up on, how nervous things make us. This is hardwired. This is neuroscience. And they've picked all this up with fMRI scans. You can be great at sales as either. Neither is a detriment. Um, But you want to learn from one another. If you're an introvert, spend time with extroverts and vice versa. Make sure that you're learning the skills of both. Partner, when possible, with somebody on the other side of the spectrum. Steve Jobs was the extrovert. Wozniak was the introvert. Wozniak liked a lot of hours in his cubicle, taking apart and building prototypes. Steve Jobs, who is one of the best salesmen in all time, or at least gave one of the best sales presentations of all time in my mind, he was the extrovert. He was the pitch man. He was the one who could talk to everybody. Wozniak was the nerd soul of Apple. Both of them were great. Both of them can sell. Both of them could explain themselves very well. And they have that passion, that fire. They can talk to you forever. You could be successful with either one, but you need to know your strengths first. You need to know what situations you could be in for longer than anybody else and put yourself in those situations. For me, I need to be in situations where I can recharge, where I can think, where I'm having these deep, meaningful conversations like the one you've seen with Laura this week and Kiara last week. That's what reinvigorates me. The idea of breaking apart and solving problems for people. As an introvert, that recharges me. Now, if you put me in a group of four or five people, I can't stand it. I don't like being in groups. Now, I could speak in front of an auditorium of hundreds of people. No problem. But as soon as you put me in with a half dozen people and I have to play that game of double dutch and see where I could jump into the conversation then I'm uncomfortable. Now I don't like that. And now I have to leave because that's not my comfort zone. So I work as hard as possible to make sure that I'm in scenarios where I am one-on-one, where I'm not talking to three or four people who could interject at every time. 
It's a different, I make sure I put myself in the situations where I am the most likely to be successful. Make sure you do the same. Spend the time to learn how you recharge. Um, and if you haven't read Susan Cain's book, read it. Um, whether you're an introvert or you have introverts in your life, it'll give you such a phenomenal understanding of the way the world works and how everything can be. Um, make sure you do that too. It's going to be in your best interest. So um, once again, this has been the Broken Salespeople podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, if you'd like to connect with me, go to brokensalespeople.com slash connect. Um, brokensalespeople.com is also where you could find my daily blogs, uh, where you could find the podcast, where you could find the mission statements, the all of these different things. There's a ton of free resources there that I want you to take advantage of. Brokensalespeople.com and connect with me, brokensalespeople.com slash connect. Go there, join with me. Um, also be sure to review the podcast. It really helps the channel out. Um, be sure to subscribe. I'm here to help you. I'm here to take your business to the next level by getting rid of the good old boy rules. I'm here to make sure that you're not suffering from the same toxic sales skills that made me collapse. Brokensalespeople.com slash connect. And then please be sure to like, subscribe, um, review the podcast as well too. Um, so once again, my name is Red Staffstrom. This has been the Broken Salespeople podcast. And until next time we see each other, go fix yourself. <laughs>